Hello everyone and welcome back to the Three Guys Talk Football podcast, the podcast where three guys talk football. I'm George White and I am joined by Chris King. Hello Chris. Hello there. And a perhaps slightly delayed Nathan Warby. Hello Nathan. Hello there. A pause for dramatic effect. More than nice. The, yeah, yeah. The, no, the delay's, the delay's all fine. Just, that, that's what it is, Nathan. That's what it is. It's yeah, not exactly. yeah. It's definitely not virgin internet in the Chesterfield area. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be a pure dramatic podcast from here on out, <laughs> especially as, as far as Nathan's concerned. And also because we are doing a very special podcast here today. That's right. You, I can feel the anticipation levels rising as I speak. Uh, we're going to talk about, in a slightly toxic football Twitter fashion, our most overrated 11s in the current Premier League. So that's players that we feel get a bit too much love and don't necessarily deserve it now. This opens ourselves up to a bit of controversy, but that's what we do here at Three Guys Talk Football. And uh, we're basically going to run through our entire 11s and then each of us will get a chance to, to pick out a few players that we don't necessarily agree with or that we want to, you know, rain the praise on for uh, from other lads' picks. So, Nathan, uh, to keep kick the drama off, do you want to start off with your 11 from back to front? Yeah, sure thing, sure thing. Uh, so I've gone with Edison in goal, Carl uh, Walker at right back, Joe Gomez and Tyrone Mings at centre-back, Luke Shaw at left-back. And two midfielders of Jorginho and Bruno Fernandes. And then in a 4-2-4 formation, because I tried to cram everybody in, I've gone for Pulisic and Adama Traore on the wings and Rashford and Bamford up front. Very interesting. And we'll dive into certain elements of that soon. Uh, Chris, do you want to give us yours? Yep. Oh, sorry, I'm just still fuming about the fact that Tyra Mings isn't there. Um, <laughs> so Edison and Nats... Uh, Shaw, Tarkovsky, uh, Van Dyke, Alexander Arnold in a 4 3 3, so that good old Declan Rice can be smashed in there uh, with McGinn and Bruno Fernandez with front three of Wilfred Zaha, Harry Kane, and Mason Mount. Beautiful. So controversial stuff there, I'd say, but um, you know, that's, that's what we do. It'd be interesting diving into that. And uh, mine is is it actually got quite a bit of overlap with Nathan's, which I was quite pleasantly surprised by. Um, for once, we agree on certain things. But um, I've gone for Edouard Mendy and Net, a back three of Virgil van Dijk, Rafa Varane and Eric Dyer. Uh, five in the middle is Pulisic at left wing back, Jordan Henderson, Declan Rice, Bruno Fernandes and Richarlison with Rashford and Bamford also up top. Um, so, Chris, you've kind of alluded to one of your gripes in Nathan's team, uh, oh. certain Tyrone Mings. Um, do you want to call Nathan out for that? Right, no, can we can we hear Nathan's nonsense justification first, and then I can trash him down? <laughs> we can hear his uh, probably very valid it's explanation. Partially, uh, potentially valid slash bad justification. So, go Nathan. I just think he's the absolute definition of if he wasn't English, no one would care about him. Um, every time I've watched him play, he's made at least one very, very big mistake. Um, 
I think the only thing that he offers to a back line is the fact that he's left footed. Um, I respect the fact that he's been at Villa for quite a few years, so he's probably got the the leadership element there. But I just think if you if you took him out of that Villa side and put him in any other team, as we've seen with England, I just think he's an absolute liability. Go on, Chris. Clap um, back. <laughs> no, I do. I do get it. I get. I get where people come from with Tyrone Mims. Um, in the fact that like all the headlines are always like all the mistakes and all the issues and stuff like that, and the the kind of the big stuff that you always see, but no one ever really goes on about all the little stuff that no one ever really sees, which is like things like the organisation, the fact that like most aerial aerials won, most tackles won, most recoveries. Like in 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 that Villa team, he leads like most defensive things he's the top of now i'm not saying that we're some kind of like defensive masterclass or anything like that but i think if you take him out we're so much worse and i don't think that's ever really talked about um and i i do genuinely think that he is really good quality it's just like you say you get he does have a mistake and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and say otherwise i'm not gonna say he's the best defender in the world or anything like that um but i think it's to say he's overrated is pretty harsh. Seems a lot of people like make fun of him and jump on the bandwagon, um, which is why, spoiler alert, I think he's underrated. It's controversial. Um, but well, well, well. let's save some. Let's save some for a future podcast. All right, let's no, no spoilers. This is a, this is just a little tease, George. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, did, I I I I think you know he's he's a model modeled kind of like personality in the club, like you know really respected really good in terms of like what he's done come late to the game obviously which is where i think kind of probably a lot of those kind of mistakes come from in the fact that you know he got kicked out the southampton team didn't get in until like much later in in life kind of thing so well compared to comparatively kind of thing um so to go from that to then you know be playing in the cup finals playing internationally for england i don't think he's he's overrated at all um i think if you take in all the people like nathan who think he's absolutely dire and then the people like me who think he's actually good, and then everybody in between. I think that is actually it's just normally rated. So, so you just cancel him from your own underrated. <laughs> no, because I think he's underrated because of people like Nathan. But, uh, but you just said he's rated. Yeah, he is rated. Accurate. But whenever we talk about underrated, I'm gonna I'm gonna be more defensive about him. But um, I don't want to clap back at Nathan too hard. Um, can I just quickly clap back at, 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 at young Christoph? You can clap back if you want. But If I was to put together a top three, top three might be harsh, like a top ten worst players, I think, that have been called up to, like, for England in the last sort of That's ten hard. years or so, nah, he would 100% that. be in it. No, he wouldn't. I, I have never, nonsense I've right never now. seen Do him you... have a good... He's the clumsiest defender I've ever seen. And Just I've seen Harry look, Maguire. Oh, shut up, man. He's not worse than Harry Maguire. He's, te- he's terrible on the ball. And he's, he's got no not awareness so. at all. Oh, you've got no awareness. Uh, well, right, yeah, but I don't, I, yeah, but I don't play the left side of a back three for England. So. <laughs> no, he's not what worse than that than this. Who's been called up? <laughs> this, this could be a very long podcast if we, if we spend this long on every single one. It's not going to yeah, be every single uh, one. It's... <laughs> Let's move it along now. Um, it's it's there wasn't the most analytical debate, I must admit, by the end there. A man um, called Seth Johnson has been called up. I've literally never heard of him in my life. Okay, he would be one of the nine above him. I'm sure it made him. There's definitely more than ten. Oh, relax, relax. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, one that I disagree with, Nathan. 
but a lot more peacefully, I'd say, <laughs> is, um, is Jorginho. Now, I can see why you put him in there, because to most people, like, he has mistakes in him, um, and sometimes he can get overwhelmed in the midfield, but we're just a different team without him. He's, he's the proverbial metronome in that midfield, and when he has got the right players with him, he does make us tick. You can always notice, and Chris will back me up on this, that he's not on the pitch when he's not on the pitch. Uh, we're not the same team. We look a bit clueless no, through the middle. I fully agree. And the, amount, the amount of times he's come on playing against Villa and then just bodied us makes me so sad. Yeah, and that midfield two of Jorginho and Kante in a midfield two, which is crazy considering Jorginho looks like his legs weigh three tons each. Um, they managed to win a Champions League together uh, against some real top quality sides and he dominated in that and then he went and helped Italy win the Euros uh, just a couple of months later um, care to defend yourself? Yeah sure, uh, like just to clarify like, the one with Jorginho like it's fair same with a lot of the ones I've got in here it isn't necessarily me saying oh I think that they're horrendous even though in Tyrone's case I do but um, I, I just think it's um, even though he like I think he's a decent player like 100% I just think, I think it more comes from the fact that you know, like him ranking so highly in the Ballon d'Or and things like that. I just don't think his quality as a player kind of justifies him getting those kind of plaudits. Like I think he does very similar things that people like Jordan Henderson kind of get criticised for doing. If that makes sense, I think it's more like I explain it. I guess like I think he's quite fortunate in the sense that he happened to play for two teams that did very well that's like in one particular season but I don't think he necessarily contributed as much as people made out but I think he is a decent player yeah see I disagree I think we wouldn't have won the Champions League without him in Italy wouldn't have won the Euros without him and also he was phenomenal for Napoli as well in that Maurizio Sarri side and they were around Albiol from winning the uh winning the Serie A but I get what you're saying um there are play. it feels like there are other players that do what he he does um but i quite like that he's been actually in the conversation for these sort of awards just because it's nice to see different players in general getting uh, recognition for what they um contribute it's it's similar a, a similar player to me is is kira walsh in the england women's team i just love those sort of players where you barely even notice what they do when the game's on but you yeah, notice yeah. when they're not there and just you notice that the defence looks clueless without them in front of it. And um, yeah, I think it's a difficult one to do, especially in the Premier League. I think that's what impresses me is, like I say, he does, he can get overwhelmed if he doesn't have a partner to kind of bail him out in terms of the miles covered. But um, when he's in there with the right people, i.e. Kante or Kovacic, he is, he is a good player. Um, but I get what you're saying. If you need someone else next year, then maybe you don't deserve to be in these individual awards uh, conversations, and we'll end with a, a po- we'll end with a positive, shall we? Um, I would like to say that it's interesting that you put Christian Pulisic in there because this is one where we overlap, uh, and I wanted to know what your justification was for sticking him in. Yeah, again, it's like it's similar to Catherine's Jorginho. It's not that I think, oh, you know, he's absolutely awful. I just think certain players, for, for whatever reason, like maybe the fact that he's from the US and he's kind of like their their sort of star man, 
I think certain players get this kind of this hype behind him, and I just think he hasn't done enough yet to justify it. I think he's more sort of he's shown like little glimpses of his quality, but then I think he's known to go missing for big portions of the season. But then he'll pop up every now and again and do something really impressive. So um, again, like I, I know he's relatively young, so he's got potential, but I just don't think the hype's justified just yet. But I think he's got the chance to be a top player in a few years' time. I think he needs a needs a mid table club. Maybe like, um, you know how like Zaha when he was at United was a bit like ropey, but then goes to Palace and he's the main man and suddenly he's amazing. Yeah, I, I think he needs to not be in the Premier League. To be perfectly honest, I think it's too fast paced for him. Physical, his injury record is definitely alarming. He's he's stayed fit this season, but he hasn't played that much. So, you know, that's probably related. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. He's treated like he's Aiden Hazard when he's only got the potential at the moment to be that sort of level. And he's not shown it anywhere near regularly enough. In fact, the past season and a half, he's been pretty poor. Uh, and yeah, he has so many people, including himself, constantly bringing up that he doesn't get much game time. But then he gets game time and does very little with it. Now he's yeah, that a caveat. Well. Yeah, the caveat is you know he's played kind of wing back and out of position, and he doesn't complain, which I respect. Um, but it is annoying that every international break he seems to go back to America and just talk constantly about how little game time he has, <laughs> and then he comes back and does none of the talking on the pitch. Um, he's really frustrating to watch at times. But yeah, like you say, he's he's treated as this kind of messiah figure by certain people and it's just not at all justified so it's nice to see that i'm not uh, just going mental on that one um the chelsea it's, it's a sentiment shared by a lot of the chelsea fan base but it feels like outside of chelsea he gets way more um praise than he deserves personally yeah 100 can i can i briefly talk about joe gomez just have talked about people from every other one of our teams <laughs> yes <laughs> just, just because we're like like whenever I see his name, like I feel like a, a, a vein popping out of my head. <laughs> I um, feel the rain. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, like if we're doing a uh, an eleven of the most overrated players, I think Joe Gomez might be captain uh, <laughs> of mine, or or even player manager. Um, yeah, like I, I watched, like I, th- I think the same with like all the ones that were mentioned. Like I watch him week in week out, and I've never seen somebody be more rescued by the fact that he's quick and playing next to someone like Van Dijk. Um, like he, he seems to have one or two decent games a season and seems to live off that. And he's still rated, you know, as like a possible England prospect. And like, yeah, he had a good game against Man City the other day and there's already talk of him, you know, seeking back into that England side. And he, he should be nowhere near. He's um, like his, his defensive awareness is as, as poor as I've seen, really. And I think... Um, yeah, I, I, I like I don't understand what what Klopp sees in him personally, and it's a similar it's a similar view to where it's like it feels like everyone else seems to rate him, and I, I just I just don't I just don't. It helps. I I I have stopped rating him since Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish bodied him in that seven two, and you got hooked at half time for being how terrible he was. That's a bit like think... he, he just makes so many mistakes that just don't yeah. seem to get picked up on. You know what I mean? Like 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 one thing you said about Tyron Mings that like that was fair is that like. Yeah, similar to Harry Maguire as well, where it's like he makes a mistake, and Everyone you know, yeah, it, yeah, they're getting they're getting ripped apart in the press the next day. But I, I think with Gomez, I think I think he gets away with it a lot of time. I think because we've got Allison in goal, and obviously Van Dijk when he's playing well, 
I think a lot of times his mistakes don't necessarily lead to goals because he gets rescued by somebody else. And I think, and I think if again, if you if you put him in a slightly poorer side, I think he gets shown up massively. Oh God, when we were linked with him in the summer, I was like, please don't get please him. Please take him, just take, take him. him. No, we weren't anymore because Stevie G's gone. But I was just <laughs> like, please no. It was yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I think I think as well when I've watched him, he always seems to like shy away from it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you agree with that. Oh yeah, he's he's so nesh, it's unreal. Like he mm. just um. Like you, you never see him put in a big tackle or anything like that. The, the amount of times that he'll, he'll sort of go in for a 50-50 and come out and lose inside of it. Like, he never seems to commit to anything. Yeah, yeah like it, it, it's, it's 50-50, very... but to Joe Gomez, it's more of a 70-30. Yeah, he's very good at the, um, you know, the, the stuff that looks nice, you know, bringing the ball forward and, you know, sort of, you know, he might do, do a little body feint and, you know, sort of breeze past the player. But when it comes to the actual, like, art of defending, he's, yeah, he's... High championship, low premiership level at best, I think. Yeah, he's he's not an artist. Let's uh, let's put it that way. He is not. Um, Chris, you are now in the hot seat. What um, people we want to bring up from our own eleven that haven't been discussed yet? We'll we'll decide that. Um, about your elevens. Um, oh Nathan, any that stand out from Chris's eleven that you wanna you wanna chat about? Have a word with uh, anything like that? Absolutely, like. I'm going to be another Liverpool boys in there because the way we play at the moment, I feel like I haven't got a decent enough comeback. <laughs> um, uh, the one that stands out for me is is Kane. Um, I think, uh, like, well, there, so there we, is there, there is logic with this actually. There is genuine do, logic. Do, do you want to do that first then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I give you my justifying argument and then you can see if it makes sense or not. Because sure. I I I a forgot that Rashford and Bamford exist because I hate them so much. Um, so I forgot that anyone rated them. So I I just put them in like in that same kind of like vein of just oh no one thinks they're any good because I personally don't think they're any good <laughs> and all the people I talk to don't. So I forgot there are actual people who think they're any good. Um, so that's partially it, partially as well because like yes I ain't gonna sit here and say that you know Harry Kane's not a phenomenal striker who does wonderful bits for Spurs every year, you know is going to go on to have an incredible legacy in the Premier League in terms of amount of goals scored. That, you, you know, you can't you can't take that away from him. And I'm not going to sit here and try. But I think there's a lot of times, apart from that season where he was obviously top in assists and goals, especially for England as well, where he just is a black hole in the team. Where, like, if he's not scoring goals, nothing's happening. Um, and I think so much of Spurs, what Spurs do is built around accommodating that almost. Um, so that, like, you know, when he goes to England, for example, and it's not done, and then he just literally just scores penalties or the occasional goal, whereas, you know, I want a more complete striker, um, especially with his goal output as well. You'd expect him to be able to do more of, like, linking up play, doing, like, passes, actually being quick off the mark and stuff. He's so slow um, and so, like, just bullish. Um, so I think I think he's overrated in the fact that he's, I don't think, like, if you put him in the same world as, like, and Alan Shearer, if they were playing at the same time, for example. I don't think we'd be talking about Harry Kane anywhere near as much. Um, I think he was quite fortunate to be in in a Premier League where, like, strikers weren't the priority. You know, like, you look at him now, like, he's having a really, really good season, but no one's talking about him because Haaland's just destroying the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of like my arguments. It's not necessarily, I think he's a bad, like you were saying about some of yours, I don't necessarily think he's a bad player. Um, I just think that to a lot of people, he's like this shining gold standard of striker and I don't necessarily think that's true 
I think if like if, you, if you're talking about an out and out goal scorer, I don't think there's there's many players better than him. Like probably the only one in, in the world that I can think of right now is Haaland. Mm. Um, I, do I agree about the link up play stuff? Like I disagree about the Shearer thing because I think he off like Kane's a more complete player than I think Shearer ever was. I think Shearer was very much just put ball in the net. And I think if anything, my, my criticism of Kane for England is a lot of the time he he drops too deep and does too much of that linking up play. Whereas a lot of the time I want him to be in the box to you know get on the end of all these crosses and things like that. That's part of what I mean by the link up play because there's so many times I've seen it go wrong. I'm like just either do what you're good at or don't join in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't worry. I I think I can't. I maybe agree that he's overrated for England. But I think. I think in the Premier League, I think he's fantastic. Like I say, I think there, there are certain players that are worth building the team round. Like, mm. you know, I mean, like, like no, no one's going to get to the end of the season and go, yeah, Haaland scored 45 goals this season, but didn't get enough assists for my liking. Do, <laughs> yeah, do, no, do, do, do you know, know what I mean? Like, I, I know think, what you mean. I think there's certain players that, yeah, that, that they're worth building the team round and other players kind of should accommodate him, especially if he's going to get 25 goals a season, which he's almost guaranteed to do every year. Um. I Plus, I, like, like, I've had a lot of pundits say, and I kind of agree. Like, if there's, if there's a penalty or if there's a chance in the 90th minute, like, take Holland out of the equation because he's an absolute freak yeah. of nature. But, like, before Holland arrived, if there was one player in the Premier League that I wanted to fall to, it would be Kane. No, I get that. I think it's just a, like I say, I forgot that Rashford and Bamford exist. <laughs> and B, I just, I was, I was trying to think, like, like in the terms of overrated. I just hear everyone go on about him all the time. And I do think there's a dearth of striker in the Premier League at the moment. Um, I think a lot of times we focus more on wingers and stuff like that. So um, Just pull, just pull my Nolly Watkins, isn't he? Exactly. Just like, come on. Be a bit, but be, if, if you're going to shoot at goal, at least miss. Come on. What are we doing? What are we taking three attempts? Bless his soul. I do love Ollie Watkins. But, right. At the risk of, uh, before you take us off on a mad tangent and start talking about your, you and your dad's trips to Villa Park or something, uh, we're going to intercept and move this along. I reckon talking about two other players in yours that are quite interesting. One's Mason Mount and the other is Edison, who's also in Nathan's team. We'll start with Edison. Um, what makes you say he's overrated? Uh, yeah, he's won, he's won a decent amount of golden gloves. He's probably yeah, won on occasions. He's got one of the best defences in the league in front of him in a team that has... Has he, though? He's got league. John Stones. Yeah, but they don't... Yeah, OK, no, correct. Not one of the best defences, but one of the best teams in terms of the defence doesn't need to do anything because they've got the ball so much. I just... I think if you put him in, like, I don't know, not even... Say you put him in Spurs or you put him in Arsenal, you put him in a team that's actually going to face shots, he's going to let in tons more than he does. Like, so many more. What made you say that? The, like, if, when I did, I did a breakdown, because I was, I was obsessed with goalkeeping at one point. I did a breakdown of, like, shot save percentage and stuff, and he ranks nowhere near as highly as everyone else in terms of, like, percept, like, the percentage of shots faced to amount saved is not that high. Um, he's not exactly low either. He's just middle of the pack, but I hate everyone who goes on about, oh, he's won all these gold gloves, so he must be amazing. No, because that's not down to him. You can you can see keepers like, you know, when Ramsdale got relegated or like Nick Pope with Burnley for years in terms of just sheer shot stopping was so much better. And he's, you can see that again at Newcastle, like at the weekend against um, whoever it was, can't remember. Just 
was sick. Leeds are in it. No, it wasn't Leeds. Anyway, doesn't matter. Whoever it was. But yeah, I just I just think you know how um Allison had that transformative effect at Liverpool? I think Nathan can probably back me up with this. Like, yes, you brought in Van Dyke, but you needed Allison to have that like final little bit. Um I don't think Edison does that. I think you stick another keeper in Nets for City and it's fine. Yeah, I think um Sorry, just, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in quickly while because uh, I put Edison as well. I think yeah, it's um, it's a case of you don't see Edison make that many match you know match saving vital stops. Um, I think think about like he's he's probably one of the best keepers in the world with his feet, which is you know like which is a skill in itself and he suits the Man City style of play really really well. But I think yeah, I think he kind of I think maybe some of the some of the problems that he's got with actual shop stopping kind of get massed over because Man City are only facing one or two shots a game. I completely agree. And I think Alisson's far superior goalkeeper. Um, and Chris finishes off from your list with Mason Mount. What's your justification there? Mason Mount. Um, too early, to be honest. Too early to be saying all of this stuff. Like he's quite a young player. Um, I mean, I, I do have slight egg on my face in the fact that we made this a couple of weeks ago and then Graham Potter has managed to unlock him and now I'm like nowhere near as savage against him. But there's that element. And B, I couldn't think of a right winger in the Premier League. It wasn't Adama Traore. And I don't think anyone rates Adama Traore. So. Yeah, that's probably justified. Um, as a Chelsea fan who loves Mason Mount, um, Absolutely, slightly in agreement to be honest. I think he keeps promising to go to that next yeah. level. He keeps promising to be the influence on the team that Hazard was. He's just not quite doing it consistently enough. I agree. He's, he's been a lot better since Potter's taken yeah. over, but um, he just goes through too many spells without contributing goals, um, and he gets sidelined a lot by non-footballing stuff when he's on the pitch. He's for some reason. Ever since we won the Champions League, he's acted like big man. He's always looking for a scrap, um, which just isn't really helpful. Is it? There's a difference between being passionate and aggressive like Reese James and then just being a bit petulant and wasting time, which he gets dragged into every now and then. Um, still think he's an incredible player. still one of our most important players. Top three, I think, with, with Reese James and probably Thiago Silva. But, um, but yeah. Just waiting for him to take that next step. He is incredibly young, like you say. It's just, I think it's just a matter of time until he does reach that level. Um, but as oh, things stand, I can see why he'd be on this sort of list, especially, like you say, with uh, lack of other options. And that brings us to my team. Any haters out there want to wanna holler? Yeah, I no, everyone's in agreement. Perfect. All right. Then, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll holler. Um... Like I was debating picking out this one on Chris's, but I thought I'd save it for yours so I can kind of do both. Uh, Declan Rice. Like, obviously, I know Chris can disagree with me. He's not that good. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that game with the song. People are talking about £100 million. Pounds. D- oh, d- How is that not overrated? D- d- like, Price tag wise, that, 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 that's just pure English tax. Like, if he was, you know, d- Declino yeah, Rice. Yeah, he's the English John Obi Mikel. There's no other way about it. He's he's John Obi Mikel of this era, and I know John Obi Mikel, but um, he was 
brought in for a very specific job. He he wasn't the guy that we built our team around. Uh, but for some reason, people think Rice has that extra level to him. I just don't just don't see it. I'm sorry. I think it's a I think it's a potential thing. I think because he's still he's still relatively young. Obviously, you know, big leader at West Ham. Like, and I think he's. I think one of the things that people will kind of level at him is that he's not. Yeah, you know, he's good defensively, but he's pretty poor at everything else. But I think he's a lot more complete than people maybe give him credit for. So it's still not worth 100 million, 100%. I think you know, 50 million, 60 million would be fine. Um, but yeah, I think he's actually really good at carrying the ball forward. He's you know, he's really composed. He can play in relatively tight spaces, and his his range of passing is very underrated. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that if he wasn't, you know, if he wasn't English, we, we wouldn't be talking about 100 million. But um, yeah, like if um, if, if when Fabinho eventually moves on, which is which hopefully is soon, because apparently his legs have just gone from what I've seen this season. Um, I, I would love to take Declan Rice at a discount. Yeah, I, I mean to be fair, you, you're right on his passing range. He can go left, right, or backwards. So I suppose that's three different ways they can go. Um, Mate, when we played West Ham the other day, he was the best player on the pitch by a mile, and some of the passes that he played were like it, it, I know, but Sorry. again, like if like if Thiago was making those passes for us, everyone would be going batty about it. Yeah, um, but you did lose to Nottingham Forest, so <clears throat> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't yeah, going so. unsaid, was it? Okay. No, I think he's. Uh, I think he is. He has the potential. He is evolving. He's definitely getting better year on year. I'll give you that for sure. Um, he keeps growing in confidence, and with that, growing in ability. I'm sorry about the cheap dig. One thing I will say about Declan Rice, I do forget how, like, what his age is. Do you know what I mean? It just I feel like he's been around for a lot longer than he has. Feels like he's been around for like five thousand years, and he's not even broken twenty-five yet. So I. I agree in terms of the fact that he's he's a good player, but I do think that he's overrated because he's not there yet in terms of like what everyone says he is versus what he actually is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see 100%. That. Right. Um, any other business, or should we wrap this thing up? I'm not particularly... Uh, my, my main thing was defending Tyrone Mings. You're happy. You, you've done your work. You... He'll love you now. Oh, mate. You'll be getting a DM from him saying, thanks, Chris, for oh, having my back. joke about it. I think I'd cry. Yeah, he'd, knowing him, he'd probably send it to himself. That was meant to be like some own goal joke. Didn't go down well. Uh, and with that... Awkwardly, yeah. He probably just missed the fact that you've sent it and let somebody run and take it and put it in the net. <laughs> um... We will wrap this up then, I believe. Um, not too heated. I feel like we kept that pretty civil. Uh, yeah, I feel like we started with the most heated one in Tower of yes. Mings and got like gradually more like amicable. More, more chill, yeah. More <laughs> yeah, we... like, ah, oh, yes, I see your point. Well done. Yes, thank you. Very much. We like, got Chris angry. I see, I see your point, but I also think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was never going to end any other way. Next one, one grade to play is up. That might be a bit more. I think, you know, that'll be a friendly. I'll look forward to that. I, I, had, I had a lot more, like, um, not fun with it, but, like, there was a lot more to choose from, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is yours as Tyra means 11 times? <laughs> yeah, how did you know? <laughs> I haven't done that yet, so. Keep the suspense. 
Exactly. We know Chris is, but. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for joining me. As always, always a good chat. Um, thank you, listener, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye.